Hi, everybody. This is Jimmy DeYoung. I'm so grateful that you could stop for a moment and join with us as we take a look at the book. What we're going to be focusing on today is The Passion and Prophecy. Now, The Passion, of course, is the death, burial, and then the resurrection of Jesus Christ. Passion Week itself, starting with Jesus and his disciples coming into Jerusalem before he would be crucified about a week later, he arrived there on the Sabbath, or at least before the Sabbath on Friday, and then many events unfold. You need to understand what happened that week because it plays a key role in understanding Bible prophecy. From my five-hour audio series, The Passion and Prophecy, we're going to be looking and focusing on the Song of Songs. You might refer to that book in the Bible as the Song of Solomon. Solomon did write the book, and it is the Holy of Holies as far as the Jewish people are concerned. I'll tell you more about that in just a moment. Uh, If you would like to study with us, we'll do that, and then I'll tell you how you can get your own copy of The Passion and Prophecy. But right now, let's listen to the study, The Song of Songs. Now hang with that just a few moments and turn to the Song of Songs. That's before Isaiah and after Ecclesiastes. Song of Songs, page 705 in your Bible. Should be 705 in your Bible. You may have it as the Song of Solomon. That's not the title of the book. It should be the Song of Songs written by Solomon. How do I know that? The very first verse says that. He said, man, you're going to Song of Songs to have a prophecy lesson? Now just hang in there. Let's see what it says. I think you might find it interesting. Look at verse 1. This is an unbelievable book. If you've never read the Song of Songs, I would challenge every one of you to go home tonight, and before you go to bed, it's eight chapters. You can read it quickly. I would challenge you to go home and read it. If you're a married couple, I double-dog dare you to go home and read it. You'll have the greatest time you've ever had in your life if you read it before you go to bed. Oh, just... (laughs) This is a great book, man. This is a great book. If you're single, don't read the book, please. (laughs) The Song of Songs. It is a fantastic book. Never mentions the name God. Just like the book of Esther, God is not mentioned talks a lot about nature, uses nature as an illustration. You know what, song, you know what Solomon did? Chapter, uh, I think it's 4 of 1 Kings, verse 32, I think, is, says that Solomon wrote 3,000 proverbs and 1,005 songs. That's over 4,000 beautiful Beautiful little vignettes of dynamite wisdom and information, all inspired that we have in the book of God. I mean, Proverbs, written by Solomon. Ecclesiastes, written by Solomon. Song of Solomon, written by Solomon. What a fantastic book. And and, and this is the Song of Songs. Out of 3,000 Proverbs and 1,005 Songs, this is the song of songs. This is the epitome. We got the very best to look at. Now, let me suggest we do something. Let me tell you how Song of Songs has been interpreted over the years. Some people interpret it literally. 
they exegete the verses and interpret Song of Songs literally. Others interpret the Song of Songs as an allegory. And I'm talking about good men. For example, I have a Schofield Bible. Ooh. I have a King James Schofield Bible. Ooh. I have a King James Schofield Bible with the Young's notes in it. Woo! Wow. Now, <laughs> sorry. Let me show you something. Here in the pre-notes for Song of Songs, Mr. Schofield says, the interpretation is twofold. Primarily, the book is the expression of pure marital love as ordained of God in creation and the vindication of that love as against lust. The... the, the uh, uh, perif uh, the destruction and the holiness of marriage. I didn't, didn't get the word out. I went to day school. I have difficulty reading at night. The secondary and larger interpretation is of Christ, the Son, and his heavenly bride, the church. Mr. Schofield interprets Song of Songs as an allegory. Now, I'll talk about allegories in a moment. First, let me endeavor to give you a quick glimpse exegetically of the book of Song of Songs. In other words, the literal interpretation. What it is, basically, is a commentary on what God said through Moses, Genesis chapter 2. Keep your finger here. We're coming back. Look at Genesis chapter 2 just a moment. Let me tell you what he said, how he endorsed marriage. And how he said it would take place. Genesis chapter 2. Genesis chapter 2 and verse 23. And Adam said, This is now bone of my bones, the flesh of my flesh. She shall be called woman, because she was taken out of man. Verse 24. Therefore shall a man cleave excuse me, leave his father and his mother and shall cleave unto his wife and they shall be one flesh. There God lays it down. Man and woman, leave mother and father, come together, cleave together and become one flesh. There's God's plan, his design for true marriage. And now what our good friend Solomon is going to do is write a song. The Song of Songs about how God endorses marriage. And he's going to use personal experience. Oh, you say, wait a minute. Solomon ought to be able to talk from personal experience. He had enough wives. Yeah, 700 wives and 301. I don't know how in the world he did it. But uh, I happen to believe that this is the first one. Listen to me. The first one. And I believe he wrote Song of Songs before he had any other wives. It's the first experience. It was brand new, fresh, thrilling, exciting. If you want an outline, let me give you a simple outline for the book of Song of Songs exegetically, literal interpretation of what it's talking about. The first point would be courtship. And by the way, some of you single people ought to be reading the Song of Songs, especially if you're young and interested in finding a mate, because he's going to lay down here how to go about courtship.
What an exciting study that was, and I hope and pray that it will assist you in understanding what God's Word is actually telling us about the end times as it relates to that Passion Week, the week that led up to the death, the burial, and then the resurrection of Jesus Christ. It has great significance prophetically. By the way, you can get your own copy of The Passion and Prophecy. It's a five-hour audio series on CD that is available. You can call our toll-free number. It's 877-674-3298. That's 877-674-3298. It's a toll-free number from across America. Or remember, you can always go to our website, prophecytoday.com, And go to the shopping mall and make your order of our series, the five-hour audio series entitled The Passion and Prophecy. I'm Jimmy DeYoung, and let me thank you one more time for joining us as we take a look at the book. You know, as we continue to study through God's prophetic passages, we become more and more aware every single day that the rapture of the church can happen that day. When Jesus will shout, the archangel will shout, the trump of God will sound, and we'll be caught up to be with him forevermore. What a glorious day that is going to be. By the way, having said that, there's nothing left for me to say except let's keep looking up until.